You're listening to the DCC Sermon Podcast. For more information about Dayton Christian Center, you can visit dcctx.church. Now let's join in for this week's message. How'd y'all see? Did y'all see the sign? Oh my God. For anybody that don't know, Steve Sexton is church runs through his DNA. I mean, it's just built in him. I mean, it church, he is God designed Stephen Sexton for church. And I'm telling you, it is it is amazing to watch this guy because I'm telling you, he it's just in him. It's not in me. <laughs> That's why God put Stephen in my life. And I tell you, I, I appreciate him so much because let me tell you something. He is the one guy on this planet that will n- not hold back. I'm telling you, for years he heard me talk about uh, having a ranch and doing this and that. And he's like, well, what are you doing? Well, you're you going to have cows. You're going to have red sell like your cows, you know. And I'm like, I don't want to sell my cows. Well, then just keep your cows in, and you won't have an arena. You won't have I came home, sold all my cows. <laughs> you know, so, I mean, uh, he just, he's that guy in my life. Yeah, and he has told us for years, get a sign. <laughs> and we still ain't got a sign. <laughs> Now it's to the point where I just like not having a sign. So when he shows up, <laughs> he gets on to me about not having a sign. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's our first sign. And it's so funny because Jack, he even spelt his name wrong on purpose. <laughs> and of course, Jim, oh, chief, he goes, you know you spelt the name wrong, right? <laughs> Jack's like, yes, Jim. <laughs> Jim was going to line us out. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I tell you what, y'all honor my brother as he comes. Listen, uh, we love y'all. And, and here's the deal. It's funny how, you know, God puts people together. Anybody married? You know what I'm saying? Isn't it funny that, that y'all are together? Be honest. I mean, my wife likes it hot. I like it cold. You know what I'm saying? My wife doesn't want to do anything that would draw attention to her, and I want to do everything that draws attention. My kids were at Brookhill for two weeks. I just walked around naked for two weeks. We don't have any curtains in the living room. I asked her to do it, too. She said No. It's just amazing what God puts together. I'm not country. I don't know anything about a horse. I'd see a Shetland pony and say, let's buy one of those thoroughbreds. Yeah, I have no, but, but God puts us together. David's slow on every decision. When you talk to him, he's slow. I'm like, get to the point. He's telling me a story and it's like, where? And I'm like... I'm like, can we say it faster? I'm fast. He's slow. I went on a trip with him. And, uh, and let me just tell you this. He st- slowed down to stop and look at everything. Now you see that tree. Now you see that. Now you see. Now you. I don't care. Get me there. If I wanted to look at it, I'd Google it. I don't care about any of that. Slow down, slow, anyway, slow down. And then I'm, I'm speed up. I, I'm fast. I talk fast. You may not get anything I say, you know what I'm saying? But I believe God's going to, there's one little word, one little friend. And, and you're like, but you talk way too fast. I have no idea. I feel like you're talking in tongues. I have no idea what you're saying. That's me. But God put people together. And that's what God does. And, uh, and, and, and. It's amazing. We've known each other now over 13 years. That's a long time. I was thinking, you know, because y'all been married, what, 12, 14? And it was before that, wasn't it? 15 years? 
you know, of friendship, and it's not because we do anything the same. <laughs> but we love God. And we love people. And we love family. And God just puts it together. God just puts it together. And, and let me just say this. If you're, if, if you're new here, you had not been here that long, um, man, your friend quota doesn't have to be full. You need to jump into a life group. You need to, well, how do I get involved? You just go up and say, here's my name. Here's my number. I'm going to be around. Uh, I've already left four churches offended. I'm not going to leave this one. <laughs> I'm just going to be here for a long time. And then here's what will happen. <clears throat> People will start knowing you. See, you can't know someone in a year. You can't know someone in a coffee appointment. You can't know someone. It takes years. I read an article the other day that says for every year that you're alive, you need one month of friendship in order to feel like you know someone knows you. The older you get, I'm going to be 46 in August. That means I need 46 months of connection to feel like this person is a really good friend. And so I'm just telling you, if you've been here in the last year, they don't know you, and you don't know them, and you're trying to figure it out, and they're trying to figure you out, and you're going to have misunderstandings, and they're going to say something, and you're going to think, oh, my God, that was so mean, and you're going to do something, and they're going to think that's so weird. and Y'all don't know each other. But if you'll do it over a long period of time, come on, then everybody will know each other, and that's the church is... is too built on consumerism. I'm going to go where it helps me instead of I'm going to go where someone will know me and then the Holy Spirit reveals something to me, change my life. Come on, does that make sense? It takes a little time. It takes a little time. In marriage, for all of you who are married under five years, you have no idea what you're doing and that's okay. And to think that you do, just go on and repent. As soon as we get to the altar, just come up and say, God, I'm sorry. I thought I knew what I was doing. You have no idea what you're doing. You don't even know yourself. You don't even know what makes you mad. So there ain't no way you're going to figure out what makes her mad. About 15 years in, you'll be going, man, I'm masked up and I'm jacked up. The first five years, you had no idea. You thought you were perfect. God's gift to her and God's gift to him. And we're going to be great. And y'all are going to, you know you're not. You need about 15 years to know each other. Come on. Y'all should be amen me. That or you're mad. I already made you mad, but that's okay because I don't care. I'm leaving. I got my sign. I brought my family. Uh, Katie and I have been married 18 years. Uh, uh, we got four kids. Uh, our oldest, Trevor, and uh, a young man that works on our worship team, helps with our student ministry, Noah, they're going to be here for three weeks. And so y'all just torture them. Uh, I've already done my part. Uh, Now I turn them over to the hands of the Lord. David was talking about putting them in a chainsaw and... uh, uh, you know, inside a bucket uh, <clears throat> of a tractor. And I thought, dear God, can I love David if my kid comes back without a thumb? Can I love my kid if he comes back without an arm? I just said, God, I've done all I can. He's yours. <clears throat> it's hard to trust. Do y'all ever have a hard time trusting people? Nobody? Nobody all perfect? <laughs> Do y'all, do y'all ever have a hard time trusting people? Yes. All right, we're going to do this one more time. Y'all may not used to be talking, but I'm a talking church. I like people interacting. Don't take over, but let's, let's talk. Good. Do y'all ever have a hard time trusting people? Yes. There's some people that are crazy. Do y'all, do y'all know that? There's just some people that shouldn't be driving. There's some people that shouldn't be, I don't know, breathing, living. Just, I mean, it's just like, I'm, I'm glad God created you, but I have no idea why. And some of y'all are thinking about your family right now. Stop it. It's hard to trust people. 
And, and, and here's the thing. It's, it's hard to trust people because we don't know their intentions and we don't know what they're thinking and we think we think what they're thinking. You know, most relationships are hurt because not of assassination but assumination. We think we know what they're thinking. Most fights that we get into, most arguments that we get into is we think we know what they're thinking. But you don't know what they're thinking unless God tells you. But half the time, it's from the wrong spirit. So you think you know I have the spirit of discernment. No, you don't. You have the spirit of strife. And so you think you know what everybody's thinking. And it's birthed in pride most of the time. Come on. And, and I think the reason that we have a hard time with trust is because we don't build our trust with the Lord. You know, David and, and Wendy and I and Katie and our family, there have been times when we agreed. There's some times I, I know I pushed him so hard. I could feel it's just it's the anchor just digging down. And I'm like, what are you doing? And then there'll be times I'll call him with my building, my people, my whatever. And he's like, yep. <laughs> They're crazy. I'm expecting some big moment push me. And he's like, I don't know what I'd do either. But probably going to wake up tomorrow. And I'm like, okay, revelation. My point is that you don't build anything fast. And I was praying for you guys. Today And I feel, feel, feel like I got something from the Lord to give you. And, and my assignment is trust Him. You're going to have to learn to trust Him. And there are, there are a lot of people that respect the Lord like He's a good man. Yeah, that's good. They honor the Lord because they grew up in a family that honored the Lord. But they don't know the Lord. Come on, that's good. And they don't trust the Lord. They trust in their career. They trust in their intellect. They trust in science. They trust in opinion. That's why our culture's going crazy. That's good, it's because everybody's found something else to trust in. Right. Over the last 60 to 70 years, we've removed God. We've removed some things. And so here's the deal. You actually could believe that we need to get prayer back in school. We need to get the Bible back in school. We need to honor God. We need to, you know, love the American flag. We need to whatever, but you don't know God. You don't know God just like somebody else in, in New York don't know God. That's good. You respect him, but you don't know him. That's so good. See, just like that, we build a relationship or, or, or we don't. But God didn't say, I want you to respect me. He said, I want you to know me. Good. No, that means trust. How do, we, how do we build trust, come on, for the Lord? Because we can trust in finances. We can trust in career. We can trust in health. We can trust in our some smart people. But, but God didn't say trust in any of that. In fact, turn with me real quick to Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5, and I'm just going to jump in this. And uh, uh, I believe that God's going to speak to us today. Um, and, and they're going to put it here on the, the screen. I'm just going to read it to you. It, it's a very familiar verse, but I'm going to break it down. Uh, it says, trust in the Lord with all of your, say that with me. Let's, let's do that again. <laughs> Heart's not a big word. Just going to throw that out there. Okay. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Heart. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. And he will straighten your pass. Pass. Listen, what, this is like, you know, something that like people tattoo on the inner thigh or buttocks. This is something <laughs> people weave into blankets. I mean, this is just a, a, a it's a really special verse. It, 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 but just, and just leave it up there for a while because we're going to break it down. We're going to talk about it. But really, there's a lot in that verse. Think of it. Trust in the Lord. Listen to what I'm saying. Trust in the Lord. Some 
people go to church and they trust in their church or they trust in their church community or they trust in their position. Come on. This body, this church is just the place where we help work out our salvation with like-minded people that are all sinners and saints working and come on. Does that make sense? That's all this is. But you don't trust in anything but the Lord. So here's what that indicates. It indicates you're going to trust in something. You, for you to be directed to trust into him, you're going to trust in something. How easy it is to trust in our own logic and IQ and understanding. You know, David on the way up here was talking about uh, uh, building and, and ditch digging. And, and, and it's so easy for us to trust in the things that we know that we feel like the world is dumb because they don't know them. See, we're always looking to value ourselves based on what we know. Come on, it's, it's super easy. But I go out to the ranch and every time, I'm 46 years old and I feel like David's just walking by. Don't touch that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't. I have no idea. I can get in the car. Come on. And he can go, oh, that's Stephen. Don't know anything. But if he comes up to Rogers, he can't order a latte. I'll tell you that. He don't know where to eat. You cannot pull that and park this here. These are eco-friendly cars. All I'm saying is it's very easy for all of us to promote what we know and trust in something other than God. Trust in something other than God. Here's the deal. Do you trust that he will direct, protect, and select the path for you? I, yeah, I, I do. Okay. All right. So when's the last time you wrestled with giving God control and giving it over your son, your daughter, your wife, that argument? Do you trust the Lord? Because it's easy to amen, but it's hard to do. There wouldn't be countless verses on learning how to trust the Lord if we all automatically trust the Lord. Come on, does that make sense? When's the last time you wanted to wring your boss's neck? When's the last time that you wanted to take your truck and run over the Prius? When's the last time that, come on, one time I was down here, we ordered uh, from Wendy's, and, and, uh, and I'm not a patient man. I'm not a patient man, and they could not get my order right. And when I won't go up to order, I want to talk. Because I got the money. And so I walked, I, I drove by. I said, yes, ma'am, I would like it. And, and she would keep talking while I'm talking. And I'm like, I didn't, I, shut up. <laughs> David said, they're going to spit in your hamburger. I said, not if I leave. And we took off. David said, I'll pick the restaurant from now on. <clears throat> trust in the Lord with all... Come on, listen. Trust in the Lord. Just stay there. Do you trust in the Lord for your health? Do you trust in the Lord for your marriage? Do you trust in the Lord that He's going to work on them, that He's going to tweak, that He's going to move, that He's going to mature? Do you trust in the Lord for America? Do you trust in the Lord? Come on, what do you, do you trust in the Lord? Come on, that's good. Do you trust? Yeah. The next one it says, all of your heart, all of your heart. Man, that's all that. All of your heart. Like think about what you're passionate about. Come on. There are things that I'm passionate about. My wife, my kids, the Dallas Cowboys. There, there are things that are like all of my heart. Can you think of all of your heart? Like, like it, the horse, the, 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 the new truck, the, the, the land, the, the house, the, the things, that, things that you care about. God says, yo, listen, I want a personal relationship. Trust 
the Lord with all of your heart. You know what? That indicates that there has to be personal relationship. You cannot give your heart to something that is not personal. So that does not mean that I agree with the theology of church. It means that I take the theology of church, I allow that to transform my life, and I begin having a personal relationship and conversation with God. And the only time, come on, that I'm thinking about the Lord isn't when the song on the radio mentions God. Like personal, like right now I'm feeling anxiety, so I'm going to lash out, I'm going to project, I'm going to be mad, I'm going to be frustrated, I'm going to get angry, I'm going to let everybody know who's in charge, or I'm going to give the Lord my whole heart and say, yo, this is how I feel. This is what's going on in me. These are my daddy issues. These are my mama issues. These are the things that are hurting me. And I'm going to connect with the Lord. And and listen, we're not asking you to pray. We're asking you to have a conversation. Prayer sounds very formal. Rehearsed. Paul said, I pray without ceasing. In other words, there's this conversation going on and it's personal. Dependent. Listen, you can't trust in the Lord with all of your heart if you're not dependent on nobody. I don't need nobody. I swear to God, I don't need nobody. Well, that's why you have no real friends in your life. You don't need nobody. But God will let you ride that all the way until you find out, I need somebody. Trust in the Lord with all your heart means that you're dependent on Him. So even though I've got gifts and talents that I'm going to manage, and I believe that life, come on, listen, needs to be stewarded well, and there's discipline, and, and I need to move forward, I'm also dependent on every good thing comes from the Father. That's what James says. So in other words, I don't look to my wife to make me happy. Come on, I don't look to my husband to make me happy. I don't look to these kids to fulfill me. I don't look to my paycheck. Come on, does that make sense? I don't look to the church to make me happy I begin to look to the Lord because I'm dependent on him see I can't trust the Lord with all of my heart if I don't have a relationship I can't trust the Lord with all of my heart if I'm not dependent and I can't trust the Lord with all of my heart if I'm not submissive if I'm not submitted because the Bible says that our heart can easily be divided And so ultimately, how do you know that you are in a place where you would really trust the Lord with all your heart? Like I'm really managing my life to where I'm not looking to anything or any gift or any TV show moment, food. It doesn't matter what it is. We all struggle with the glory, the gold, and the girl. (laughs) We all struggle with that. There's only three ways that the enemy comes at you. He's very creative within those three ways, but the Bible says it's the lust of flesh, the pride of life, come on, lust of the eye, so it's the glory, everybody wants to be, (laughs) glory, gold, stuff, what I amass, my house is better than your house, we're driving something better than you, we're looking better than you, we're doing something better than you, come on, does that make sense? Or the girl and guy. That's the only arrows. And so the Bible is written so that we could push away the attacks of the enemy. And he's just all the time. That's all he does. Same thing. And so when we feel like we need, we're not enough, we feel like we're, you know, we don't have enough status, we don't have enough attention, you know what, in this church, I don't know if people know, whatever it is, then we realize we don't really trust the Lord. Come on, does this make sense? Yeah. How, how submitted are you? Would you give up something that you love, believing that God will give it back? Would you give up that argument? Will you go forgive your dad? Will you go forgive your mom? Will you begin to... See, if we really trust the Lord, we believe that there are a lot of paths in life. And our society, the nation is confused because everybody's picked their own path. Yeah, that's good. 
But the Bible says there's even paths for you. But if you want your path directed, then here's the thing, is you're going to have to love the Lord with all of your heart, and you're going to have to lean on Him more than you're going to have to lean on yourself. It says do not lean. Do not lean. What you're leaning on? What you're leaning on? With your little startup business? What you're leaning on? I remember I was younger and I, I, I was, this fence was dry rotted and I had no, no visual perspective of looking at anything. I just jumped on that fence, sat down, boom, I'm talking about hit the ground, embarrassed. There is nothing that you can lean on of this world that will hold you. You can't lean on your wife. You can't lean on your... I know we sing the song, lean on me. Yeah, that's my jam right there. But I'm telling you, no. Don't lean on me. You too heavy. You lean on God and I'll bring you a handkerchief. or I'll put a rag on your head. My wife, she likes to cuddle. I like moments. Just put that arm on me and all of a sudden, come on. Man, is there anybody in there? Like put that arm on me. I'm like, oh, my God, it's so heavy. I can't breathe. Suffocating. How long do we have that? Ah. It's heavy. Come on, anybody feel that way? Don't, don't be embarrassed. Come on, put your hand up. You know what I'm talking about. I'm like, thank you. We, I made sure we bought a, 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 a mattress and a bed frame that had a line. <laughs> Married under five years, get you a line. We can cross it momentarily, hey, but then we're going back to our sides because it gets heavy. It gets heavy. It's a lot of weight. I know it's only a forearm. It's only like two pounds. I was like, ah. What you leaning on? What you leaning on? Every young person here, your parents cannot meet every one of your needs. And it's not their goal in life not to frustrate you. They're going to frustrate you because they're crazy. And so are you. You coming into crazy. You won't figure it out until you're like 35. What are you leaning on? The Bible says we're going to lean. We're going to lean somewhere. We're going to lean right. We're going to lean left. We're going to lean here. We're going to lean. We're going, you're going to lean on something. But the Bible says you better lean on him because he is the only one strong enough to be able to take all of the issues, the problems, the baggage, the brokenness, the past, the future. He's the only one that you can lean on. Come on. That's good. It says lean not on your own understanding. And I'm going to tell you something. I appreciate understanding because I've met a lot of people that don't have any. <laughs> what, what's the old saying? Is uh, if you're going to be dumb, be tough. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's what, if you're going to be dumb, at least be tough. <laughs> people have no understanding. No understanding. You're going to take your hand and hit a brick wall. Well, it's about, uh, it's either hit the brick wall or hit you. <laughs> I'm taking you. <laughs> no understanding. I'm like, you, you don't, you, you didn't learn, like, the law of motion? Just understanding. Can I just tell you, I don't, I, back in the, you know, back, back when I was a kid, we went to movies. Um, and there were these people in the movie theater. And Katie and I were in there, we were on a date, and, and I, I pay for this movie. And they start talking while I'm, the movie, they're talking at the, like they're at home, talking. And I'm just like, and, and so if you, you know me after a while, I'm just like, oh, you know what I'm saying? Because I'm like, ah. Oh. My, 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 so my wife's like, calm down. And they start talking at the movie. 
talking at the movie. About 15 minutes in, I'm like, oh, Jesus, help, help me. And so they said one more thing, and I said, all right, we're all talking in the movie. Hey, you over there, do you love the movie? I love the movie. Let's all talk in the movie. What are y'all eating over there? Any popcorn? I want some too. Well, I'm glad we paid for this. My wife's sinking down on us. And then those people are like, what got into him? When I left the movie, the pastor of the church was like, how was your movie? I was like, oh. I repented. I was leaning on the movie. They did stop talking. All I'm saying is understanding. Everybody has limited understanding in something. Everybody's got something they don't know. And everybody's got something they do know. And here's the deal. If you only lean on all that you know, what happens when you don't know how to fix it? It says acknowledge him. What does that imply? That implies that in every situation, you're going to direct your anxiety, stress, frustration, opinion. Mm -hmm. You're going to direct it somewhere. Or you can acknowledge him and you can bring him into every situation. In every situation, God, what do you want to do? In this, oh, I want to go. I want to tell this person. I want to talk to this person. I want to say this person. I want to ignore this person. I want to cancel this person. I want to do this. Whatever it is, you've got to acknowledge God, and you've got to go, God, how would you respond this way? Is this a moment where someone's wanting me to walk a mile, and I walk two? Is this a moment where I give my shirt off my back? Is this a moment that I turn the other cheek? Is this a moment? Come on, that I forgive 70 times 7? Like, what would you do and how would you handle this? Because I trust you, not I trust the outcome that if I do everything right, it will be perfect, but I trust that you are making my path straight, so I go to you because I know you know where I'm going. Come on, y'all hearing me? Trust. Make my path straight. Listen. There's so many things here. I'll, I'll, let me give you one verse real quick. First John. Y'all good? First John. Let's jump. Let's just read this. Because I, I, it, it, I think it's important. First John chapter 1 verse 6. <clears throat> My timer hadn't started yet. I still got 45 minutes. Thank God. Uh, <laughs> That was the introduction. <laughs> just I'm just messing with you. <laughs> Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. Yeah. All right, now, now listen to this. Listen to this. For many false prophets have gone into the world. By this you will know the Spirit of God and every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist which you've heard was coming and is now already here. Some of y'all waiting for a person and it's a mindset. So every time we come against Something that does not believe Jesus is the Son of God, that's a different spirit. That's what this Bible is saying. You hear what I'm saying? There are two. The spirit of revelation and the spirit of error. Okay, look at this. Look at this. Every spirit that does not convince Jesus, blah, blah, blah. Okay, forward. Little children, you are from God and you have overcome those who are... Uh, you have overcome them, for he who is greater in you is greater than the world. They are from the world. Therefore, they speak from the world, and the world listens to them. Isn't it amazing how many stupid people listen to stupid people? Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, like, we're talking about understanding, like, like we're debating over biology. Yeah. 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 
Well, but here's the thing. If we're not careful, we'll be so right we're wrong. And we'll fight something that is a spirit. And we'll think we can argue a spirit, but you can't argue a spirit. It's a spirit. I mean, seriously, you can look down and know what you got. You, you, don't, you don't need science. But, but it's a spirit that wants to break the order of God. Because when it breaks the order of God... That's why the family is so attacked. It's because when the family is attacked, the family will always be attacked because it is an example of how the church should respond. Really good. It's, it's an example of the church. That's why there has to be a man lead the home. It doesn't mean there can't be strong women because Jesus gave the example in marriage that we represent the bride of Christ and Jesus is the groom and we are the bride. So there has to be order and there has to be division. So I have to come against the family so then I can eventually come against the church. That's real You need to see it spiritual. Okay. They are from the world, man. Six. For we are from God and whoever... Knows God's listens to whoever knows God. See, if you don't have a personal relationship, what you know, church. Well, I know what I know about church. I mean, I go twice a month. <laughs> My knower's a little less than it used to be. Okay, look at whoever knows God listens to us, and whoever. Uh, and whoever is not from God doesn't listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of, what does it say? Listen to what I'm saying. Could it be that there are moments that I'm under the spirit of error and I need to change and I need to trust the Lord and I need to give Him my whole heart? Come on, does that make sense? You hear what I'm saying? Like I need to, to, to change some things in my life because God wants to make your path straight. Your path straight. And, 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 and I, I want to talk to you just a little bit about this because for us, we've had to trust the Lord to stay married. You know, she was beautiful and, and so was I. Uh, <laughs> Your mom. Uh, uh, anyway, uh, um, and, and so and so. Here's the thing: is uh, is uh, come to find out, we had issues. We had issues in our marriage, and you know what? She felt unloved, and I felt unrespected. Constantly disrespected. She constantly felt unloved, and we were in this cycle. And all of my issues would trigger all of her issues, and all of her issues would trigger my issues. Come on, does that make sense? And all of my past and daddy issues and adoption and all of it, and all of her issues and past and, and parents and, and, and dad and strong mom and this and you know what I'm saying? And, and we just did this the whole time. But we had to realize, listen, that we don't want to be under the spirit of error. And so the only way to not be under the spirit of error is I got to trust the Lord and I got to go to him and I got to work on me. And we, 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 about two years ago, we started figuring out that we can't change each other. And I leaned hard into that. I thought, dear God, I can get her there. You know what I'm saying? She was slow coming, but I think we can go finally break her in. But here's the thing is I couldn't. And so the whole time I was working on her, I was missing me. And the whole time she would be like, well, if you just sent me flowers, everything would be okay. <laughs> I don't think it would. <laughs> there ain't no flowers to make you. I mean, <laughs> Listen. What do y'all want to talk about? <laughs> we had to trust God in our finances. We had to trust God in our finances. And so here's, let me land this plan on this marriage thing. I had to believe that God sent me what I needed 
And I'm always fighting not to change what God gave me. Because God gave me what I needed, not what I thought I wanted. But, but, if I, but if I don't trust the Lord, then I begin to alter and change the gifts into what I need wow. rather than what he sent me. Man, that's good. Does that make sense? Yep. Okay, finances. Listen, we didn't trust God in our finances. Many, many times. And see, I'm too far into this trusting God to realize it don't work. You know what I'm saying? We've, we've, we've been the family that uh, bought the single wide trailer and, and uh, the, the propane went out in the winter and we didn't have the money to put, fill it back up because it's expensive. <laughs> we, we, we've been the family that we didn't know what was coming and all of a sudden four or five bags of groceries are on the front door. We, we, we've been, the now we committed to tithing and we committed to giving and, and we committed, but we had to get to the place where we're going to trust, listen, in the Lord and our, come on, our path is made straight, not because of our intelligence or opportunity or all the things that we do, but when we lean on him and not on our own understanding, it doesn't say that God doesn't want us to be intelligent, but it does say that God wants to be the source of every good thing that happens in our life. Come on, you hear what I'm saying? So we bought a home and we sold it. We, we did good on it. But it went, we moved to Rogers and did a full year of uh, rent, put down a full year and got rent reduced. And then we put 30 or 40% into the church. And, and you know, all our little nest egg that we were kind of living Dave Ramsey, you know what I'm saying? Like enveloping it up, all went to starting the ministry and starting the church. And after a couple of years, we were getting the itch of wanting to buy something. And we were like, how are we going to do this? And we would look around and we, I mean, we went and, and met with realtors. We wore realtors out. <laughs> we were like, we found another one. They finally got stopped calling. <laughs> Why don't y'all go by and see it for yourself? <laughs> we thought we were going to buy one and we kind of hated it. Come on, somebody, but it was what we could afford. And so, I mean, the ceiling was so low, uh, you had to go outside, breathe. But we were like, we could probably rip that out. Come on, y'all know what I'm talking about? Anybody know what I'm talking about? That's not what I want, but probably could do it. We put a contract on it, and then I got into a wreck. God was like, I told you not to. <laughs> we got out of the contract, waited another year, and uh, just trusting the Lord. Being wise, not being stupid, not overspending, doing what we're called to do. My mom went through cancer, stayed hooked up, loved her. Even though she was cantankerous, I love her. She was hard to love. But we did it. And she died and left a little settlement. Had a man come up and say, hey, I, I, I've been praying for you and I, I think that you're supposed to buy a house. And I was like, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> and he's like, I think you need to. And I was like, I'm trying to get there. And he said, well, let me help you. And he gave me 25000 yeah. Then we bought this house, started building it. And we were so excited. We finally got our house. We had no furniture. We thought lawn chairs will work. I saw some good ones over there, you know, Sports Authority. And uh, we get a call a couple weeks before we're closing, and the store over there with, with all the furniture said, we, someone came by, and they want to outfit your house. They've given us $10,000 so you can buy all new furniture. I didn't work all that out. 
it was beyond what I could do. Does that make sense? It was beyond what we could do. It wasn't just connections. I wasn't using people. It wasn't networking. I didn't post it online. Hint. Uh, you know, go fund me. You know what I'm saying? Like, like it, 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 there wasn't a, it was just some stuff that was hidden in our heart and we needed to trust God because we didn't know how to get there. I wish I was talking to somebody. I didn't know how to get there, but I knew that there was a there and I needed God to line up my path. Come on, somebody. A couple months ago, we were able to stroke a $10,000 check to somebody else on their dream. Do you trust him? See, I, and, and I remember when I was like, God was like, I want you to bless these people. And I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I told my wife, you pray about it. <laughs> then I prayed about it. <clears throat> my number was lower. <laughs> she was like, I think God told us this. And I was like, oh. The devil is a lie. <laughs> I started praying and God would just simply just was like, do you trust me? I mean, I do. <laughs> Mostly. <laughs> Come on, do that. Mostly I do. I just, I just really like seeing zeros. <laughs> we wrote it. You know, in, in, our, in our career, in our calling, you know, we met in Hot Springs. And, you know, I was a camp director of Brook Hill. I started High Point. I was pastor on staff. I mean, I, I pretty much did everything for my pastor. That's how we met, Pastor Tim. So I want to give him honor. Um, you know, and I knew God was calling, stirring something. And maybe you're hearing God stirring something. You know, you can feel it. Uh, uh, um, uh, you're going to buy land. You're going to start a business. You're going to start. You can just feel it. I don't know. You can't describe it. You can't explain it. But you just, you, you feel something's going on. Maybe it's ready to start your family. Maybe it's, I, I, you just, something's going off in you. And, you know, we... We ended camp in 2012 and started to be the one ministry. And, and you know, I left from a, a church that had everything going and blowing. Our pastor loves to build and tear down things. We're building something every six months and tearing it down after that. Uh, and so there was just a lot of activity, a lot of action, a lot of stuff going on. You know, 2,500 kids coming up Brook Hill for summer. And, um, and I felt like God was like, I want you, it's time. I'm going to make your path straight. You know what? But it was like, all right, what are we going to do? He was like, I'll lead you. I'm like, I'm going to need more than that because I got to talk to my wife. <laughs> and she's going to be where we leading. <laughs> and I'm not telling you it was all roses like thus saith God, blah, blah, blah. I mean, there was a time that we started to be the one ministry. It was about six months in. She came into my office and she said, uh, and so we, we had a double wide at that time. And uh, I had a great idea to, to demolish the uh, kitchen. And, and we built in bunk beds like Brook Hill in the, the kitchen, framed it all up, put uh, uh, closets in there. And then I had a bedroom for an intern and I had an office. And uh, if you think, oh, that's awesome. You know, I had been going to the church for however long we were married. And now my office was my home. And my staff was my wife. <laughs> and she was like, I don't work for you. <laughs> and so that was all fun. Uh, but she walks in about six months and says, I know God called us to do this, but I'm letting you know, you don't bring in money in the next six months, we're doing something else. And I was like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I started making calls. Can I come be preach at your church? Can I come? I'll pay you. <laughs> I just need to be busy. <laughs> we didn't know how to do it. We didn't know how to do it. But four months ago, we sent our first missionary out from Be The One. They're in Belize. Great couple. You guys, uh, DCC, I don't know if y'all know this, but y'all support Be The One monthly. Y'all have been given into that. And we 
have seen hundreds and hundreds of young people come on mission trips. We've seen people go to international. We're building leadership right now. The last year we were in three different high schools doing like an FCA. They're called Activate Clubs. And uh, all I'm telling you is we had no idea all of this was going to happen. We just trusted God. I'm in Memphis. <laughs> and I, I'm doing leadership because I, I do love the church. I want it to be as good as it can be. And, um, and a pastor comes in after I've been there all week and he says, you know what? This is all great, but you need to start a church. I was like, I ain't starting a church. I just started a ministry. That almost killed me and my wife. I'm not starting a church. And uh, he said, no, I, I think you need to. I left that meeting, drove down I-40. Uh, about an hour later, a pastor calls me, says, I've been praying for you. I think you're supposed to start a church. I was like, do you know where I am? He was like, I have no idea where you are. I was like, do you know anybody in Memphis? He was like, no. I was like, all right, I'll call you back. <laughs> I come home, tell my wife, I think we're going to start a church. She was like, what? Because, well, listen, we never wanted to start a church. Never. We would leave churches and high five and go, thank God. <laughs> I was kind of a love them and leave them type of person. But that's not what God had for us. He had a plan. And so we moved. And I mean, countless adversities. You know, our health. You know, we're sitting over here. You're hearing our story. But we, we've had uh, two uh, premature daughters that were born. And one had a hole in her lung. One, you know, complications. Uh, we got in a car wreck a couple of years ago. It was pretty bad. We had to deal with cancer. I mean, I'm, I'm not telling you that. We just trust the Lord. And it's not, it's not, it's not, I'm not telling you it's the Disney Channel. I'm telling you there are real hard things. But we believe God, no matter what, that he's going to do what we can't do. Come on, does that make sense? He's going to provide a way where there is no way. He's going to do where, does that make sense? Like he's going to do that. And I just, I really believe as I was praying for you, I want to get this right, that when I was praying for DCC, this is what I heard the Lord say. You're going to have to trust me. Not me, him. He said there are many that need to trust me and they are looking to their career, their community, their cattle, their mate, their marriage, but they need to look to me. Listen to this. I am the author and the finisher. People will come and go, but my work will continue, says the Lord. Do not look at who is coming. Do not look at who is left. Do not look who owes you. Do not look at those who owe you. Do not look to the people who hurt you. Look to me, says the Lord. Trust me. I can lead you out. I have the power of what you need. I am the source of your strength. I have the details, the opportunities, the plans, the future. Trust in me. Rely on me. Trust. And so real quick, I want to give you three thoughts. Three lies that we must refuse to believe. Three lies that we refuse to believe in order to trust God. We got to refuse these lies in order to trust God. Does that make sense? Three lies that we got to refuse to believe in order to trust God. And, and I'm going to give you one more verse. Is that okay? Are we good? Like, like about six minutes and then I'm going to be done. Is that, is that good? Is that we okay? Y'all learning something? It's good. All right, five of you. That's cool. That's great. That's good. I feel like I'm at home. All right. Uh, let's look at this. Matthew chapter 14, 22. We'll start in 22. Matthew 14, 22. Immediately, Matthew 14, 22. This should be on the screen. Immediately, he made the disciples get into the boat. And go before him to the other side. And while he dismissed the crowds, after he had dismissed the crowds, he went on the, up to the mountain by himself to pray. Then evening came and 
he was there alone. But the boat by this time was a long way off from the land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified. It's a ghost. They cried out in fear and immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, take heart, it's I. Don't be afraid. Peter answered him, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, come. So Peter got out of the boat, walked on the water, came to Jesus. And when he saw the wind, he was afraid, afraid, afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached his hand, took hold of him, saying to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. I want to help you real quick as we end. Three lies that you're going to have to overcome. The first is... God is distant. See, you'll never trust God if you feel like he's too distant from you. Here it is. Jesus sends these men on the water, pushes them out, tells them what to do. And maybe you feel like you're in the middle of what God told you to do and God ain't even there. God told me to marry this person. God told me to take that job. God told me to do this. I know I heard the Lord. God told me to be in this church. God told me to do this. God told me to do that. And here I am and I feel like I'm in the middle of the water all by myself, about to sink, afraid, scared, and this ain't nothing that I signed up for. Come on. And you will have to realize that even in the middle of what is uncomfortable, God is not distant. He is right there. He is very present. And listen, He is omnipresent. That means He is everywhere all the time. He was on the mountain praying, but when the thing happened on the water, He was right there. You have not been left alone. You are not by yourself. Jesus left heaven, took the form of man, died For you, to save you, to free, listen, not to just save you, but to free you from your past. And you got to trust the fact that even though it's scary momentarily, God is ever present and God is right here. And listen, he ain't going to leave me to face this all by myself. The second thing is this. Here's Here's the second lie is God is difficult. Serving God is just difficult. This God put me on this boat and now he's going to walk on the water and scare everybody. That is difficult. You could have just gone with us on the boat. (laughs) Does anybody want to show a hands if this is harder than it needs to be? Come on. You put us out here in the middle of the night, the fourth watch. It could have been the first watch, but now it's the fourth watch. You know, waited. Come on. This is difficult. You will live the Christian life and you will think this is too difficult. This is too hard to forgive these people, to love these people, to do this, to do that. This is too hard. This is difficult. It's harder than it needs to be. These other people don't care about their mouth. I care about my mouth. There's one time I don't want to care about my mouth. I don't just tell people exactly what I think. It's too difficult. It's too hard. But here's the deal. God is not trying to torture you. He's trying to build you because he knows the past in your life. And these men, if they could, they would never be able to take the gospel all around the world if they couldn't stand up to the sea. What you are in right now that you call difficult may be preparation. You hear what I'm saying? God is so beyond where you're at right now. 
And so you don't know how God's going to do it. You don't know how he's going to heal. You don't know how he's going to fix it. You don't know. But I'm telling you, God is not difficult. He's present. And God is aware. And he is right there. Come on, somebody. Hear what I'm saying. You don't have to know how it's going to happen. God is not submitting to your control. You don't know how it's, I don't know how this ministry, I don't know how this business, I don't know how this, this is so difficult. No, 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 no. Listen, you are where you need to be, and if he directed you there, you're going, it's going to work. Come on, it's going to happen. It's going to develop. God isn't difficult. He's cultivating something new. Something new. Can I just tell you something, the song that we, we, we sang? Listen, something new. If you've been coming to church for four or five years and there's not been a new thing happen, then you're calling what God is doing difficult, but he's actually trying to stir up the waters in your boat and he's trying to shake off complacency in your life. And they all thought that God would work this way, but Jesus had to walk on the water because that Jesus needed them to know, I'm not like the Old Testament. There are similarities in me where they parted the water, I walk on it. You hear what I'm saying? The last is this. We're talking about lies that you're going to have to overcome. The first is God is distant. He's not distant. God's not difficult. And the last one is this. God's not delayed. He's not delayed. Come on. Peter could have been there and said, Man, you saw me sinking. Why did I have to ask? You saw me going down. Do you see the mental battles that I'm fighting? Do you see the anxiety that's going on? Do you see the, the, what's going on? Do you see what's happening in our marriage? Do you see the fact that he's an alcoholic? Do you see the fact that, do you see? Do you see? Why are you delaying? Slap this man in the head. Help this woman. Free them. What, why are you delaying? Why, why are you delaying? I've been praying five, six years and you want me to trust you but I feel like you're late. You were late to intervene with my parents' divorce. You were late to intervene with my child. You were late. To, you were late. And I just don't know if I can trust you while I'm sinking. But here's what I'm telling you. We are not promised that God will make our life easy. And we are not promised that everything in our life will work out the way we construct it. And God is doing something far beyond what you know. But there was a lesson in Peter's sinking there was a spiritual, supernatural lesson and Peter needed to feel the fear and he needed to look out and he needed, because here's the deal, he was going to face cities and, and people that were going to come against him. This guy was going to face the cross upside down. Come on. And he needed to go ahead and begin to build some supernatural faith that even when I'm going down, I'm not going down alone. God is with me. He he is present. He has not left me. You have no idea what the next 10 years. And stop thinking that you can control it. You have no idea what's happening in the next 25 years. You have no idea what's happening with your son or daughter. The picture can change. The picture can change. You want to know what the biggest thing that I think grieves God is houses of worship full of no faith. You would call it love if you never sank. But God calls it love 
because he's teaching you something. And we've all faced loss. We've all faced hardship. We've all have stories. But I'm telling you, God doesn't want to be respected by you like he's a good man that you don't know. He wants you to trust him. Even if I sink, it may change the world. But I know you're not watching me go down and you're oblivious to what's going on and you're unfocused and scattered and cruel. But there's a lesson in this pain. There's a lesson in the scary. And some of you are in a threshold of scary and you need to realize that God is closer than you think. Come on, you hear what I'm saying? So here's the deal. We're going to sing this song. And and here is what I'm looking for you. I'm looking for you to make some commitments. I'm looking for you to search your own heart. What have I been trusting in? What have I been trusting in? Have you concocted a God that is a bellhop that serves you? Or do you submit to a God that you don't know what he's thinking all the time and you don't know every one of his thoughts and you don't know all of his plans but you trust that being with him is better than being against him. Come on, somebody. Thank you for listening to the DCC Sermon Podcast. If you enjoyed this message and would like to hear more, you can subscribe to our podcast and YouTube channel. If you would like to give towards our ministry, there are giving options available at dcctx.church. Thanks again for listening to the DCC Sermon Podcast.